Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Cimino and Rick Summers. And we're on the air. <laughs> and welcome again. Good to have you exactly where you are, wherever that may be, but you're on the right side of the speaker, and we're on this side of the microphone, is Rick Summers and Chris Cimino, and we are your middle-aged warriors, and we're really glad to be with you, and uh, looking forward to spending the next half hour or so with you talking about, I don't know, whatever crosses our minds. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a, we're letting people in almost uh, into a, a bit of a meeting of of, I guess, ideas we're trying to come up with for shows. So this is sort of our what? We'll call it our loose ends or our... Stream uh, of consciousness. I like that. That You know, it, that actually sounds impressive, doesn't it? <laughs> That's true. Much better than my suggestion. That, that, that implies that we actually have consciousness. <laughs> That's value to a stream. Yeah. Anyway, the other thing, hey, this is a very exciting day. Uh, this is, uh, as of the time we're recording this, it's International Podcast Day. Oh, my goodness. Oh, sure. Oh, I forgot to send you a card. Well, maybe so next year. I'm hurt now, but... Uh, <laughs> But you know what? There's an international day for everything, is there not? It is. It's crazy because you know I was dealing with just last weekend. I have a son and a daughter. I think it was first International Daughter Day, and then two days later is International Sunday, and I'm scrambling to find all of these pictures, you know, tracking their lives, putting it together, and putting it on Facebook. Oh, and I saw them, and they were great. What do you think? Okay. I thought. I thought. Your daughter looks adorable. Well, but sons and daughters and things like that, are, that that's fairly important. But, for example, coming up tomorrow is International Coffee Day. Which uh, is important. How about this one? National Black Dog Day. Interesting. <laughs> and on this, also tomorrow, big day for me, uh, National Hair Day. You know how I care about my hair. Yeah, um, really. But here's another one. This is just all for October 1st. National Homemade Cookies Day. Well, I'm all in favor of that. That smells good, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And I thought this one was kind of odd, and I think this is on October 2nd, uh, International Day of Nonviolence, as if the as rest of the to, year... <laughs> is it, well, it depends where you live, I suppose, but... They are days of violence, I do, guess. Yeah. Well, how about International Cold Sore Day? Yeah, I really. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I, I can only... I'm only looking on the calendar over the next few days. International and I, I just, Hammer Toe. Oh, God. <laughs> I like this one. Uh, another one, tasty, National Cinnamon Roll Day. I'm all in one. favor of that. And then actually, there's, there's a Mean Girls Day. I mean, why even have one of those? I guess it's for the movie, I think, in celebration of that. But You think? Uh, that's what it says here. It's arts and entertainment, so I, I don't it's Mean Girls I should know. have a day. But, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Here is the big question. Who determines that okay. they all get these days? Well, where do you actually write? Where do you, where do you submit this? Here's another one. We're on October 5th. National Kiss a Wrestler Day. Like, I don't even know a wrestler. <laughs> but like, why not just have National Wrestler Day? No, this is a day to kiss a wrestler. Just specifically to kiss a wrestler. How about National Kiss a Wrestler's Ass Day? <laughs> or anyone's ass day, ass day. I guess. But yeah. It's, you know. International Kiss Ass Day. Yeah, I like some, that. This is such a weird one. Like National Hug, Hug a Drummer Day. Like, not only is are we celebrating the, the craft, then there's like something you should do with them, like hug them and kiss them. Apparently, so it's a it's a very strange list. But like you said, it just goes on and on. I would say this is Hallmark's fault mm. because they're probably behind it in a way to generate sales of cards. Don't you think? Well, I mean, isn't it allegedly 
that's what Valentine's Day was all about, kind of, and Mother's Day. Weren't they kind of right. those just made up days through people who sold cards? Do you know my mother when she was alive? hated Mother's Day. Really? It wasn't that she hated the day, but she hated the idea that they had to earmark a special day to celebrate your mom. Right. When you should be celebrating her every, every day. day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that, that only makes sense. But I love things like, we have Global Hand Washing Day, which is pretty apropos for this time. That's, that's coming every up. day that, now. Yeah, exactly. That's October 15th. And on the 14th, don't be near me because that's National Kick Butt Day. So just stay away from me. <laughs> what? I have no idea. National kick yeah. butt day? Somebody get me away from this list because some of, some of them are just making me crazy. It, it's just, uh, oh, this one's good, chocolate cup. Oh, International Sloth Day. Sloth? That's for all the lazy people who just want to hang around like a sloth, I guess, yeah. Oh, my God. It, it, it just goes on and on. But anyway, uh, on a more serious note, just last night from, again, the time of this recording, we had our first... <laughs> presidential, presidential debate debacle yeah i wouldn't even i don't know to call it a debate not at least in the fashion of what we typically know debates to be like but yeah uh, i don't know were you re- i i personally was not really surprised at how it went and people were talking about it. oh it's cringeworthy and how embarrassing yeah it was all of that but i kind of knew that was going i felt that was going to happen going in right and let's let's be totally transparent and say this is nothing about either Chris or my's politics. Right, absolutely. Uh, it has nothing to do with uh, whichever way you're leaning. Uh, but watching the debate last night was cringeworthy. And I felt so uncomfortable and so embarrassed to be an American, believe it or not. Yeah, you know, it was, it was interesting because I felt that feeling of cringing whether either one of them was being aggressive or on their heels. In other words, you know, it was embarrassing all around. It was uncomfortable all around. You never felt like that's a really good point that that person made or I I feel bad this guy's on his heels. All of it was just so uncomfortable and not very fruitful. I don't feel like we learned anything. I don't think so either. From either side, really. I'll tell you what we learned is that maybe we should have no more presidential debates, at least in this go-around. Yeah, you know, I, I was, again, not surprised. Last go-around, the way these things go were evolving and changing into more of an aggressive approach, kind of a a show they became shows as opposed to really talking about the issues the one thing i the one thing i I did notice and i'm sure it was by design between the two of them uh that biden occasionally would at least i felt like he was addressing me he would look into the camera into the living room through the tv you know so uh i thought i thought that sort of brought it back to oh by the way you know all of you who are suffering having to watch this I know you're there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know you're out you know, there we know somewhere. You're, we know you're out there. So I just want to occasionally uh, address that. The other thing, and and this poor guy, I mean, he's been around for years and is is, is you know very good at what I he does. I know where you're going yeah. with this. And, and he got slammed a little bit for losing control. But I, you know, what was Chris Wallace really supposed to do right. outside of having a button that he could cut off their microphones, which he doesn't have? What was he supposed to do? Well, I think a that's not a bad idea. B maybe a whistle. <laughs> Really, it, I don't know if that would have even worked because, you know, once one person does it, then it sort of is carte blanche for the other. And it just goes back and forth and everybody's yelling at each other, once again yelling past each other. And this poor, I mean, a couple of times he's like, well, I'm going to have to yell louder than both of you now. It's like, yeah. You know, what do you, what do, you do? And, and again, coming from the broadcasting side for both of us, 
think about being in that position. I mean, how how uncomfortable was how that awkward. for him? Yeah. yeah. And then he was trying to stay on point and had to keep his train of thought of the questions and where he wanted it to go. And a lot of the time, he'd ask a question about one thing and they jump into a topic that he had two questions still to come about right. it. It's like they were peeking ahead on yeah, his Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was, and, uh, and rushing the process, but... You know, I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure that I don't know who the next moderator is, but boy, they're I, either want to run for the hills. Yeah, who gets to draw the short straw, <laughs> yeah, right? It's just, you know, you would think that would be a, a privilege, right, to to, uh, to be uh, handling a. I a will say, debate. and I don't know if you saw. I happen to be watching uh, on CNN last night, and I saw Dana Bash afterwards, mm. and I was surprised because she's generally. So discreet and and very subtle, but she said, "What a shit show!" <laughs> and I was like, "You know what? That's exactly it. It was really, it was an embarrassment was. on both sides." Yeah, I, I just again the the point of I, in my mind the point of those debates is that the issues, the real issues that impact Americans and all of us, are to be discussed in a logical fashion. We should have whatever side, Republican, Democrat, whatever their game plan is on those topics and subjects and things that impact our lives. So I can walk away saying, hmm, uh, I'm not sure if I like that idea. You know, I, I don't know if I'm good. I didn't get any of that last night. I don't even no. know. I still don't really know other than we know what Trump has been doing. He's been the president. Biden, we kind of know, but we don't know. And then when things get thrown back and forth, statements get made, you don't know what's truth what's just being thrown out there you know as they always say once it's out there you can't take it back and it's up to us to sift through what the truth is and and that's what i'm a little bit afraid of how about if we have international take it back day (laughs) (laughs) oh there'd be a lot going on that day i think we'd need a week for that i'm actually looking forward to the vice presidential debate next week to see how that may play out I, I would have to see that I then again who knows yeah, I would have yeah. to see that as being a, a little less uh, aggressive cantankerous yeah that's a good word I don't know exactly where that would go uh, but that, that might be interesting to see uh, again because it's completely different styles of politics I think um, <laughs> I just I, I feel so demoralized after watching the debate and again, it has nothing to do with my political uh, trajectory, mm-hmm. but I just felt so sad watching this this wrestling match last night that was just like one person with one arm tied behind his back, and it just wasn't. Yeah, you, you don't you don't walk away with a feeling of oh things are going to get better right we're going to be okay we're going to we're the united states we're going to come together i mean we are dealing with a very significant challenge in this pandemic what it has done to us economically on top of that and and socially and we are not coming together and those two last night i don't think i barely i think maybe once i heard biden say about bringing both sides together and that was barely it was almost in a whisper like, mm. that's what we need first and foremost here. We're supposed to be the United States, not the divided states. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They just, well, they just fueled the fire with that last night. How about some good news? Please. You know what? Yes, please. Um, <laughs> dining in New York City restaurants 
uh, returns, even though it's very abbreviated, 25% of internal dining. But as the weather's starting to get a little chillier here, uh, they have now made it a possibility to get outdoor warmers, mm -hmm. which is, but it was going to cost uh, each of the restaurants lots of money because it's not cheap and nope. then insurance. But the fact is that New York City restaurants are open for business as of September 30th to have 25% of their uh, capacity uh, served indoors, which is great. And I am so, so excited about that and just really hope for the best. Now, I hope people will come out. Because this well, is my other fear. It's yeah. like, all right, we're open for business, and people are going to be, uh, I, I don't feel comfortable going into a restaurant. How do you control? Yeah, I don't do you, know. I'm, you know and to how that, do you influence behavior like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, last week I had lunch with a friend, and we sat outside at that point. Obviously, you're in New York, and, and we had lunch outdoors, and she was okay with that, but the topic came up about, and she's like, oh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I couldn't go indoors. I couldn't. I, I feel too uncomfortable. I can't go indoors. So... Yeah, but there's probably going to be more precautions taken indoors, quite frankly, than what goes on outside. But I understand outside there's, you know, the air's moving. There's a little more of a, a theoretical, theoretical <laughs> sense of comfort being out there. Uh, I, I don't know. And, and as of the recording of, of this, you know, we're, we're starting to see spikes in various areas in New York City again. And mm. I just, I have a feeling we're going to go, we're going to slide back a little bit. For a little while, I don't know when we're going to get there, but I would hope while these restaurants are open that you go out and support these people. They're suffering so much, and we've already lost, we lost like landmark type restaurants in New York that yeah. have been around for 50, 60 years. They're, they're shut down forever. Yeah. We cannot continue in that vein. You, you know, uh, when we look at history of, of the world and we talk about BC. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's going to be a new <laughs> moniker, PP, yeah. pre-pandemic. Yeah, it's uh, or it may stand for something else that's... altogether. <laughs> well, you know, this this has altered so many people's lives, not just in this window of time either. Permanently, it has altered people's lives. In addition to obviously, sadly, the the number of deaths that we've had to endure, but. On the other side of it, you know, there is another side. And we, we had this conversation off air before that, you know, when you're dealing with something like this, this is a, a pandemic is a lose-lose scenario. Yeah. So you, people need to understand, you know, when you start talking about economics and how tough it is and we need to figure out a way to get things going again, there's a side that says, oh, you don't care if people die then, do you? That No, that is not what we're saying. And that's not what I'm saying. And that's what anybody on that side is saying. Not that I know of. I mean, maybe there are idiots out there who would feel that way but there's a degree of you know there's logic here and after a while we've got to figure this out there's a balancing act uh every life of course matters but you have a pandemic people die it's a sad sad fact that's what happens but if you're going to start creating such a suppression of society that people lose their livelihood that people start to commit suicide that people start becoming alcoholics drug addicts Divorce, domestic violence, all of these things that we're seeing that are negative social repercussions mm -hmm. of shutting down because of the pandemic, there has to be a degree of weighing it out. I'm not saying, let's just pretend it doesn't exist and all run around it. No. But there's got to be a better balance. And I'm not, I get a little frustrated with people who preach from the pulpit 
who still have their jobs, they're working from home, they still have their health benefits, right. everything's fine. They're, in fact, they're, they're adding a new addition to their home or they're fixing the den into a game room and they can say to people, oh, we shouldn't be opening up anything. Of course not, you're fine. But the family of five, where you know the husband's a dishwasher, they're living in a two-bedroom or one-bedroom apartment, they, they can't make money, they can't make ends meet, they can barely pay the rent if, they, if that. What are they supposed to do? You know uh, what, and having worked in television, this used to drive me crazy, and so I'm going to dump it on you <laughs> oh, uh, for a response. Uh, watching New York television through the last six, eight months in the pandemic, I got so sick and tired of hearing news anchors say, hey, we're all in this together. You know what? The truth of the matter is, Thanks to Screen Actors Guild after contracts, you're all getting paid. But there are so many people who are not in this together because their jobs are lost and may never come back. And I always resented that greatly. And I, I know it was probably meant genuinely, but it just didn't strike me correctly. Well, I think, I think you're taking that term to the point of saying uh, this pandemic is impacting us all the same but that's not what i think i think the intention of we're in all we're all in this together means we're all affected by it somehow but right. your problem is hey buddy you, in no way are you impacted the same way somebody else is who just lost their job and is yeah. going to be out of work for you know so don't don't say we're in this together no it's like saying you know you're you're <laughs> we're on the road together I'm on a skateboard, you're in a Lamborghini. Yeah. We're on the road together, but we're really not together, are we? Right. You know, and that's kind of what that is. Hey, by the way, you're listening to Middle-Aged Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network, and Chris and Rick are just kind of venting stream of consciousness. Yeah, so another thing, you know, I was watching the other night in terms of the new norm, as we like to call it, uh, I, I, we're both big hockey fans, and I know you've kind of been really laying low on a lot of the sports in the oh, midst yeah. that have come back here. But I did watch uh, the Stanley Cup final, the last game, because I, I wanted to see the Stanley Cup, and uh, congratulations to Tampa Bay on that. But I've got to tell you, it was, it was kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> kind of I, weird. you know what? I, I, I have watched so little hockey, and you know I am a hockey yeah. addict. But I, I just, I don't know, something about watching hockey in an empty arena just really depressed the hell out of me. And I couldn't do it. And I did not follow the playoffs at all. Only found out by accident that uh, Tampa Bay and Dallas were in the Stanley Cup final that just ended the other night. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, these were, and, and in addition, we'll get to it in a second about baseball, these were more like tournaments. Yeah. And I come from a little different perspective, I think, than you in that I just found it. Uh, marginally comforting or familiar that at least I could turn the TV on any given evening and watch a sporting event like we used to. Do they look totally the same? Well, the game is being played the same, obviously. It is a little weird, you know, from the cardboard cutouts to the the piped-in crowd noises and things like that. Uh, The the players seem fairly intense upon what they're doing. I, I don't know. I haven't heard much of any professional athlete saying, you know, oh, this isn't even remotely close to being the same because the crowd's not there. I mean, I mean, I know they're impacted by it, but it doesn't seem to have a tremendous impact on, on their performance. But, uh, you know, 
for me, it's it's better than nothing, but I'm not as emotionally invested in it. So meaning, eh, they win, they lose, eh, you know, yeah. eh, but at least I got to see a game. You know, for me, I was heavily involved in a rotisserie league, and so I was watching more hockey than I probably should have been watching mm. um, for, <laughs> for years now. And, uh, and I loved it. It was really one of those things that I look forward to. If I couldn't sleep in the middle of the night, I'd get up and go to my computer and see, you know, if I got a shutout or if uh, I got a hat trick or, you know, something good. Right. But uh, I really just kind of left it all behind once the NHL shut down back in March. And um, yeah. it's you also know, the other thing that's unusual about it. I was talking to a friend I hadn't heard. He he had gave me the answer, which I think is what they're going to do. But think about it. This hockey season is ending where, it, where it it's starts. supposed to begin. Yeah. yeah so I absolutely. said, well, what are, they, what are they doing for next season? And he said they're going to start in January. Oh, is that right? That's what he said. And, and do like a, a 50 game or 50, yeah, 50 or 60 game season, something like that. So that means truly that two years in a row are now going to be impacted uh, in the sport, the other side of it, baseball. I know you're not following the Mets; they're Same gone thing. anyway. They're done. As, as they're playing golf now. Surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> not terribly unusual, uh, but uh, I don't even know like which team in baseball is at this point favored to win. Is it the Dodgers? I don't. I don't really know. I who don't know either. They're looking at. I think maybe the Yankees are high up on the list. Oh, but they they kind of struggled to actually sort of get in. They uh, did, and I think today, as of the recording of the, this, is. They're, they were in the wild card game against Cleveland. Yeah, so, no, they uh, beat Cleveland, uh, uh, I believe, last, last night. Last night. Yeah. But do they have another game? That was just a one wild card game? I don't even know. <laughs> no, I think it's the best of five. Yeah, because they're playing again today. I saw on the, on the docket yeah. there. I saw on the schedule. But anyway, it shows you, it shows you how invested we are in all I that. I know. Uh, but, you know, it is, it, is a little bit, it is a little bit unusual, to say the least, with sports. And then football. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's another thing. And college football now being brought back and... Uh, it's it's tough. A lot of these things are major industries, and and there's again there's economics involved as well. In particular, I guess with college football, that's sort of like that's their minor league. That's where they get to show their wares. Where hopefully they get drafted right by the professional side of things. So to lose a year could be very detrimental to some some of these yeah. kids. You know, and, and I feel for high school students, uh, high school student athletes. Who are looking forward to going to college and are going to college on scholarships? Yeah, uh, who aren't going to be performing now because? Yeah, I ran into a couple of families talking about that. Their their sons and daughters were supposed to be playing, you know, sports. That's why the scholarship they got into the university for, and and it's wiped out in the first year. It's um it's tough, and you know, it's something that eventually I'm sure will come back. But the this transitional generation or group of young people. It'll be interesting to see how they come out of it. You know, do they come out ultimately stronger and realizing, you know, life doesn't always go as planned. And in a big way, we may have to change and shift shift in, in midstream. The other side of uh, performing that's been shut down completely, really, when you think about it, mm-hmm. uh, we've got Broadway in New York, concerts, uh, right. musical live shows. Madison Square Garden, Radio City Music Hall, Beacon Theater, all these big places here in, in New York. Not a show to be found, obviously, and, and, and Lord knows how long that's going to go on. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And I, you know, Broadway is particularly close to my heart, and I get depressed every time I drive across town 
mm. in Midtown through the theater district and see now the theaters have given up to the point that they at least for a few months had their lights on. Now it, they it's don't dark. even do that. And know? that really makes it even that much more depressing. You know, when the lights were on, you sort of felt like there was a pulse. Yeah. You know, and now they, you know, it doesn't make sense to even do that anymore. And again, that's, there's a big trickle down from all of that because the restaurants around there, the bars around, all, all of those places suffer. And it, it really, it's not even just, uh, just the musical or let's say, you know, Broadway and theatrical side of things that are suffering. Um, let's lighten it up a little bit though. So I was talking about music and a couple of times we, we broached the subject. Uh, first concert for you. First concert I ever went to, I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I still have the ticket stub. It was Peter Frampton. Frampton, Frampton Comes, Comes Alive. Frampton Comes Alive Tour. Oh, wow. In 1976. Baby, I love your way. Yeah. And my, my <laughs> ticket, I think, was $8. Yeah. That's the most amazing. That's funny. So I was 15. It was the same year, 1976. It was July 1976. It was Elton John, oh. Louder Than the Concord Tour, it was called. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was such a... Uh, what a great show. Uh, I went with my friend Fitz. I remember my mom was like, oh, I don't want yeah, you getting on the A-train. I'm years old. I don't know. But I convinced her. And I, my second concert was Kiss. I still have the tickets up to that. And yes, it was $8 at Madison Square Garden to see Kiss. See that? It's crazy. It it's really funny is. because uh, a year ago... Peter Frampton was doing a kind of, I don't want to call it a farewell tour, but certainly mm-hmm. a, a tour marking the length of his career. Right. And my wife and I went to see him at Madison Square Garden. And of course, the tickets were no longer $8. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I have <laughs> I to thought it was not even $8. Yeah, that's true. It's crazy. But it was, it was great to, to go back to Madison Square Garden, which looks a lot different now than it did when I was 16 years old, obviously, because they've been through so many oh, renovations. Oh, renovations, yeah. That's yeah, a whole different... Uh, but it was it was great to see Frampton, and uh, I saw Elton John, but not until later in life. So what was... If you had to pick one, or a couple if you want, the most memorable concert that you, you walked out of there thinking, wow, what did I just see? What did I just experience? Because there are those moments if you really love music. What, what was it for you? It would probably be one of many Springsteen concerts mm. that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um Seeing Springsteen in New Jersey mm. was really special. Did you see him in a, in a large arena or a smaller place? I saw him at, I'm guessing, I don't know if it was the Meadowlands yeah, or, I, that's or where the I new saw stadium. Him. What's uh, uh, the new Giants stadium? It's MetLife now. MetLife, was, yeah. Right. I think I saw him at MetLife about three years ago, play outside. Yeah, I think actually yeah, was I, I was there on that tour. I did. That was the last time I saw him. But you talk, yeah, you talk about a performer that really leaves it out there yeah. every show. Yeah. And the guy's not getting any younger. No. Did you have, I had the, the privilege a couple of years ago of finally seeing my first Beatle perform. It was Paul McCartney at Madison Square Garden. Oh, that must have been great. I have to tell you, that was one of the most amazing concerts I'd ever been to. I never, I did, it was almost three hours and I wish he'd play another hour. And yeah. when a concert gets to three hours, typically I'm like, okay, I gotta yeah, go. Okay. <laughs> no, it was freaking Paul McCartney. It was unbelievable. I really, All right, along these lines, first record you bought. First album. Let me think that I bought. As opposed to stole? (laughs) Well, you know, there were albums in my house growing up. I can remember I loved, my parents had Meet the Beatles. I would play that to death. I was, as a kid, I was a Herb Albert in the Tijuana Brass Band. I loved Herb Albert. Um, Don't ask me why at five, six years old I was into that. (laughs) Taste, taste of Honey. Remember the the album cover? Oh, the yeah. The girl that's kind of naked sexy. with nothing but whipped cream whipped all cream over her? her. Yeah. Sure. 
Uh, who knew? I, I, was, yeah, just, I was into the music. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what? It might have even been... It might have been a Monkees album or something, too, because then they kind of came out. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a good question. I remember... I was into music when I was really little, around that age, five, six, seven, eight. Then I got into sports, and I totally dropped following music. I only came back to music, I think it was like in eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, and it was Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. It was Elton oh. John's Goodbye. And that album, to this day... That would have been 70... That was 73 when the album oh, came okay. out. Yeah. And I think I really kind of discovered it, though, in 74, 75. And uh, that's one of those double albums that... If I were on a desert island, that's on my top five. List. All right, we're really going to date ourselves now. Do you still have any 45s? Uh, you know what I have as a 45? Um, John Lennon's Christmas song. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I have so any So this stuff. is Christmas. That's the one. And it's actually green vinyl. It's oh, a, is that right? Yeah, it's kind of a, kind of a special. On Apple version. Records? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm worried it had the apple in the middle of yeah. it on the label. Yeah, but uh, yeah, 40. Gosh, we are dating ourselves. I know, really. Remember those little stems you had to you had to put onto the smaller oh, yeah. stem of the uh, oh yeah players like to hold the 45. How about 78? No, my dad no. had some 78s, but and I don't. 33. And 33 and a third was the yeah. was the was the main one that was, we all yeah. had. But yeah, I still have. Do you still have any of your albums? I I do have. Them I've stores. got a I've got a truckload of albums. You do okay. Yeah, and I'm really glad I didn't get rid of them. Um, and, uh, some of them are pretty well worn. Oh, yeah. Part of the fun is listening to the, <laughs> the scratches. Yeah, in I know, I know. But, uh, then do you have a place to play them? That's the no, next, that's, that's the problem. The, yeah. That's the, but vinyl yeah. came back. Vinyl's making a comeback to some extent. So there are, uh, players out there that you can get, you know. Yeah. No, I've got so much and some great vinyl. That it almost is too bad I don't have a kid to put through college because I would sell the albums. Right. You'd probably make a fortune doing that. And the other thing about back in those days, too, the packaging, the album cover, the album oh, sleeve. Yeah. yeah. You'd spend hours just stare as you were listening to it with, you know, just every little detail. Reading the liner notes. Yeah. yeah. Right? How cool was that? And that I remember when they went to the CD and they tried to do that. And I'd open up this little piece of paper and I'm like, I, know. I can't even read this. You I can't, can't even see the lyrics. <laughs> I can't see I know. the lyrics. It was, and then that disappeared. And now, I mean, my girlfriend and I sometimes we'll, we'll play music through, uh, through my phone on, on Apple, Apple radio and the Apple podcast, uh, not podcast, but the Apple radio uh, app. And you can hit this lyric thing. And so basically you can do right. karaoke as, and so we, sometimes we have karaoke night just between the two of us. Um, but it, that's kind of fun. But that's a whole different way of doing this compared to what we grew up with. Oh yeah, you know it's. Uh, but the kids today, apparently, they're happy. They kids like it today. The Pretty kids. good stream of consciousness. I think uh, I'm exhausted. You've drained me. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, no, we covered we covered a lot here today. But just wanted to catch up on a lot of uh, current events. You know, and, and, and loose ends as well. Yeah. We've had some great guests. If you guys uh, haven't listened to past shows, Oh, come on. Go Let's go. Get with the program. Get come with on. the program. Come on. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I was looking back at the list the other day because I was trying to post something on, on social media about it. And we've really covered, I mean, we've, you know, sportscasters, uh, Broadway actors, uh, comedians, uh, radio, television people, right, uh, self-help yeah. people, uh, all sorts of. What a, I mean, Jeffrey Lyons, you know, uh, other TV anchors in the past. And so we've had, we've had a plethora of guests. Hopefully I, more coming. I still loved talking with Peter, Peter Greenberg. Peter Greenberg was, uh, yeah, the he's, travel one, yeah, detective. he's one of those guys that uh, is, is, is great to listen to. He always has great energy, but also more importantly, 
great information. You always walk away. And if you have not listened to that episode, uh, jump on that because, you know, as we try to get back to <clears throat> normal, uh, Peter had some suggestions and, and even moving forward into the future. Also, uh, your lovely other half, the yes. voice we hear at the beginning of the show, Valerie. I feel like we only scratched the surface there because we, I really wanted to get into so much about what you know she's dealing with on, on the other side of a, a huge career and kind of I know her and I kind of have a lot of similarities. Oh, the parallels are uncanny. I yeah. mean, the the fact that you were both in New York on the air for 24 years is, is that's... Same amount. Same amount. Isn't that yeah. funny? 24 and odd number. Yeah, it's both yeah. 24. Um, but always enjoy speaking with her, and, and we're definitely going to have her back on. And we have another, a couple of other interesting guests lined up coming down the pipe. So yeah. hang in there with us, all right? Yeah. I'm going to say goodbye, sunshine always. I'm going to say goodbye. Be good, feel good. Thanks for being with us. Rick and Chris, middle-aged warriors, trying to age gracefully. Good luck with that. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in and joining us on the Believe Podcast Network here on Middle Age Warriors. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. It would be a big help. Five stars would be great. Thanks. Also, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Your mileage may vary. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.